Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of Mycotoxin Matters, where this week we're going to be focusing on the concept of mycotoxins, their impact on broiler performance, where we also investigate uh, how that brings in the concept of environmental sustainability. And uh, with me this month to talk about this, uh, we're delighted to have Dr. Alexandra Weaver of Alltech's Mycotoxin Management Team, as well as Dr. Stephen Ross, who is a Senior Sustainability Specialist with Alltech ECO2. Alexandra, Stephen, you're very welcome. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Alexandra, maybe we could we could start with yourself and talk to us a little bit about uh, the work that, that you've been doing, um, what you've just published in and around this concept of uh, mycotoxins and the, the meta-analysis uh, on broiler performance. Yes. So recently, our team actually conducted a meta-analysis, and this has been published in Poultry Science, which is an open access journal. So everyone can uh, go to that journal and find this publication. Um, but this meta-analysis that we conducted was really um, what we wanted to do with this is we wanted to look at how mycotoxins are impacting broiler performance, as well as the use of yeast cell wall extract product during the mycotoxin challenge um, to see how they were impacting broiler performance and productivity. So for this meta-analysis, we actually had a total of 25 different research trials, and these came from 11 different countries and um, represented over 10,000 broilers collectively between all of the treatments. And so with this data, we're really able to start looking at um, how mycotoxins and yeast cell wall extract do influence uh, broiler performance. So, Alexandra, you, you talk about the concept of meta-analysis. Maybe then just spend a moment to talk through exactly what that meta-analysis concept involves. Yes. So, uh, meta-analysis is actually a statistical method that allows us to summarize and quantify a large body of research and distill it down into a single conclusion on a topic. So what we've done in this meta-analysis is essentially taking um, all of the published literature, um, all of the trials that are available on mycotoxins and yeast cell wall extract in broilers. We found these trials through very specific criteria that we used on our search databases um, to make sure that we knew the mycotoxin levels, that we knew the um, the yeast cell wall extract inclusion for the product, that we knew information about the different um, numbers of birds being used in these trials. And then we can take that and instead of looking at individual research trials and only having one conclusion for each of those trials, we now brought them all together with this statistical method, the meta-analysis, where now we can put all of these trials together and get this one conclusion on what is happening when these birds are consuming the mycotoxins or consuming the yeast cell wall extract. 
And so that, I suppose, naturally leads on to the question of what did the meta-analysis show us in that regard? Yes. So as we might expect, when mycotoxins were consumed by themselves, um, there was an effect on the bird's performance. So we saw a significant reduction in body weight gain. There was a significant increase in feed conversion ratio, so a poor feed conversion, and a significant increase in mortality rates. Um, we also calculated out the European poultry efficiency factor, or the EPEF, and we saw that this was significantly lowered by 22.5%. Now, interestingly, in previous research um, that has shown a similar reduction of the EPEF by about 22%, could actually lower broiler production, um, total production output by about 20%. So we can see here that mycotoxins might really have a big impact on the overall profitability of the farm. Now, of course, we didn't just look at the mycotoxin effect in this meta-analysis. We also looked at the yeast cell wall extract effect when it is fed during a mycotoxin challenge. And here we also did see some interesting results where we saw a significant increase in body weight gain. We saw a significant lowering of feed conversion ratio by five points. Uh, we also saw a significantly lowered mortality rate. And actually, this mortality rate was brought back to that of the control or the birds that were not consuming a mycotoxin challenge. And then finally, for the EPEF calculation, we saw that this was increased by 7.4%. So overall, we could see that from these results in this meta-analysis, that the inclusion of yeast cell wall extract during a mycotoxin challenge could not only increase the performance of those birds and the livability, but potentially also the profitability of that farm environment. Now, beyond just the, the performance aspect, which is very interesting and very important to understand, we did also in this meta-analysis um, complete for the first time a, a look at how mycotoxins and yeast cell wall extract could actually be impacting the carbon footprint of broiler production. And we did see some interesting effects there as well. Alexandra, thanks for that. Really good to sort of get that overview as to how that meta-analysis is allowing us to understand how across a wide body of research, we can understand the, uh, the impact of mycotoxins on health and performance. But in light of the current focus on the climate, the environment, to also bring in that aspect into the discussion. Stephen, you know, maybe you could could jump in here and, and talk to us a little bit more about the work that Alltech ECO2 is doing and, and how uh, you've uh, built models over the years that help firms to look at this, this side of things. Sure. Um, well, I think uh, first of all, the, um, you know, the the message that we want to to get out there into the industry is that um, you know historically carbon footprinting has kind of been viewed with skepticism. Almost, it's been seen as a, a tick box exercise or a negative thing. And uh, we want people to kind of understand that. Uh, this is a process that actually is uh, its simply another way of examining the efficiency of a production system. 
and uh, you know, emissions, they represent loss uh, physically with respect to greenhouse gases actually coming from a production system, but also represent a loss of uh, you know, a waste of energy. It's not just about emissions being produced, but you know, all of those inputs, all of those processes on the farm come at a cost of energy and resources. So if we can maximize production efficiency or the, the total resource utilization efficiency of uh, a poultry system, then we'd expect to see environmental improvement too. And typically what we do see is that the most efficient systems in terms of production tend to be the most profitable and also have the lowest emissions intensity or carbon footprint. Um, so as I say, we want to help farmers uh, move away from seeing this as a burden or a test that they have to pass and more to understand that uh, lower carbon systems can have a functional benefit and vice versa. And yeah, a functional benefit to production will lead to lower emissions intensity. Now, ECO2 has been conducting uh, life cycle assessment and carbon footprint assessments for for many years now across, um, I think we're up to 20,000 assessments now we've done. And uh, already I know I'm guilty of kind of using some terms interchangeably there, life cycle assessment and carbon footprinting are two terms that are uh, you know often used synonymously, but essentially uh, to clarify that life cycle assessment is uh, a framework by which we account for uh, the impacts of products and processes. Uh, so that takes us from the extraction of raw materials all the way through the supply chain and on farm up to products leaving the farm gate. Now, carbon is just one metric from that analysis. So, uh, for example, others could be uh, ozone depletion or ecotoxicity or eutrophication of water systems. And unlike other industries, uh, carbon dioxide is not the, the major component of a carbon footprint. We have to pay close attention to methane and nitrous oxide production too. So we account for all of the emissions arising in the supply chains, uh, the energy, the crop production, feed production, livestock management, all of your biological and physical processes going on on farm. And then we look at the emissions intensity. So that's the ratio of all of those combined, uh, the, the global warming potential of all of those combined pollutants expressed as carbon dioxide equivalents and the ratio of that to the quantity of products leaving the farm. And that's your carbon footprint. Uh, so essentially, it's uh, much like Alexandra just described the meta-analysis. It's distilling all of that complex information down into a, a single metric that people can understand. Which I think is, is fascinating in terms of sort of reframing that discussion as as historically we've had that very much around, you know, the, the performance and the health of the animal, uh, you know, based on metrics like the EPEF, for example, but actually spinning that round and looking at it through a, a sort of carbon lens. But ultimately, as, as you said, really, it's all about understanding the efficiency and where losses are. And, and this is a really good system if used correctly to to, to allow us to do that. Um, maybe talk to us about the, the models you use. I mean, clearly there's a lot of complexity in that because you, you're understanding so many steps in the chain. So how do you go about that? How do you set up the models up to, to do that? Right, so uh, at Alltech ECO2, we use uh, bespoke models that we design in-house. So all of our models and our software are our own for data collection and then conducting the, the assessments of agricultural systems. And uh, in fact, uh, we were the first company to have uh, globally to have carbon trust certification for all of our models for the main agricultural species. And, uh, and that accreditation is very important for us because 
you know, you need to have confidence and trust in the results and their wider comparability in the world. So uh, we adhere to to various methodologies that exist uh, out there in the world. So uh, BSI PAS 2050 was the British Standards Institute publication, uh, which became the kind of the de facto global standard when it was first produced, and subsequently the the international standard ISO 14067 methodology. So these are both uh, kind of recognised, accepted global methodologies for measuring carbon emissions. Uh, and then we also have to make sure that you know the the equations that we use, the databases that we draw from, uh, the the frameworks we follow, all of this has to be credible and trusted as well. So uh, having you know, our our systems, our models accredited by the Carbon Trust means that we have uh, a recognised and respected third party uh, validating our models and our calculations essentially, and by extension, you know the results for our customers and their products also meet those globally accepted standards. Which, like you say, I mean, it, ultimately all this is 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 around uh, instilling that confidence level. And maybe then, Alexandra, coming back to to you, if you bring that carbon element into the the meta analysis, what what did we see then from running those performance numbers through the ECO two models and looking at it from that from that carbon lens or through that carbon lens? Yes, so in our published meta-analysis, we did work with Alltech ECO2, and with this, we were able to complete a uh, simulation to try to understand these emissions and how mycotoxins and yeast cell wall extract were playing a role. So what we actually did was utilize the data that we obtained from the meta-analysis on the changes in um, performance and mortality rates, and we plugged that into this simulation assessment. And we were able to see that when mycotoxins were consumed by themselves, this actually increased the emissions per kilogram of live weight of broilers uh, by 10.4%. Whereas when yeast cell wall extract was included during that mycotoxin challenge, the emissions per kilogram live weight were actually lowered by 5% compared to the mycotoxins being consumed by themselves. So overall, we're having this lowering of the carbon footprint of the production of the birds. So then, Stephen, back to yourself, what do those numbers mean? Are those numbers good numbers, bad numbers? Explain those those to us maybe a little. Sure. Um, well, I think when when we tend to look at any sort of uh, mitigating processes on uh, on agricultural systems, we tend to see environmental improvements or changes in uh, the carbon footprint off sort of the one, two, three percent. You know, these aren't headline grabbing numbers, but they are you know by far the most uh, effective way to make you know meaningful gains in terms of environmental efficiency. So. Anything that you can uh, you can improve on your farm, so whether it's you know, feed conversion rate or health and mortality, live weight gain, um, all of these things will have a knock-on effect in the efficiency of uh, your production, your resource use, and thus you know resonating all the way up the supply chain and across the life cycle. So we can then use this you know life cycle analysis to to identify hotspots and trade-offs in the production system and ultimately reduce the emissions intensity uh, per unit of product um, so in the case of of dr weaver's study you know when uh, we noted that you know the impact of the the mycotoxins the negative impact was potentially up to you know just over 10% uh, increase in the emissions intensity 
you know, mitigating against this, you know, subsequent uh, you know, reduction in emissions intensity by five percent, that's actually a pretty big number in terms of you know what we see generally from uh, you know additives or uh, you know mitigating strategies on farm. Um, as I say, they, these improvements of you know a few percent, they're not going to gain headlines in the same way as uh, I don't know something that could you know say a methane inhibitor in livestock that could remove you know. 15, 20, 30 percent from a system overnight. Uh, but um, yeah, it's definitely you know very, very significant the scale of when you consider the scale of poultry production in the world, if you can remove or, or mitigate against a 10 percent shift in the environmental uh, impact or the carbon footprint, you know those are actually pretty huge numbers once you scale them up to global production. Stephen, Alexandra, really appreciate your time today. I think it's a, it's, it's a fascinating area and, and one that we're pleased to have been able to publish on uh, when we think about the impact of mycotoxins, not only on those sort of uh, metrics of health and performance, but also bringing in, in, in this environmental aspect. So uh, we look forward to more discussion around this moving forward, but uh, thanks for your input today. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Nick. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.